everybody. Welcome to Snooker Booker's birthday week. What a side of inauguration coming up. Okay, I mean, I'm just saying like there's a lot going on. There's an inauguration that happening that's happening. Snooker Booker is the celebrity in my world. So I thought I would start out by saying other celebrities' birthdays that are on my Snook's birthday, okay? Snook's birthday is January 23rd. In case you wanted to send her a tweet or anything, it's January 23rd. So you're probably already late. Get on it. Um, some other celebrities, I realized there wasn't really a lot of celebrities born on your birth date, by the way, Snook. So you are that one. But some other ones, <laughs> some other ones were John Hancock. And if y'all don't know who that is, um, back Put in the day, a, say it, Snook, what is it? put your hand on it yeah so you know some people say give me your john hancock when they're talking about your signature so that used to be like a, a old term back in the day he was born the same day my snookabooka was um and then guess what the lady from law and order mariska y'all know who i'm talking about Yes, yes, she was born on Snookabooka's same birthday. Um, the kids would know this one, but I don't know if you guys would know it, but XXX Tenacion, um, or however you say his name, he's he um passed away now. Rest yeah. in peace. His birthday is on the same day. Famous Los, he's so funny, he's an influencer online. And then I also saw that there were a lot of TikTokers and influencers born on your birthday, like a lot of them, abnormal amount. So I thought that was interesting. So Snook, you were born to be an influencer star, I guess, because that's where the stars aligned for that for that day. But I have a question: Can anybody cite the uh, recite the Law and Order intro? I saw this on I saw this online. Somebody tweeted that and said, "I'm the type of person that could say the whole Law and Order SVU intro with no help." And then I'm like, I think that I'm that type of person too. Do y'all know how it? Does anybody have any tries? Any guesses? These are their stories. I'm gonna give you a hint. It ends that, on that these part, are their stories. That, that's the part. Um, I know it. If if you start and see, that's the thing. If I had the first couple of words, I think I would be able to do it. But yeah, don't me because I've heard. I watched almost every single one of them. Dun, 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 dun. In the criminal justice system, sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. In New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members oh. of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. These are their stories. Okay. Let's go. So these are our stories. This is our show. We got a fun show. So let me introduce my two lit crew. Let me start with the birthday month, birthday week girl, my snooker booker, aka my mom. Y'all might know her as Bip, Bip Skeeter, Bird Leah Montgomery. I don't know what you call her, but you better talk to her nice. Um <laughs> Next up, we got my sister, Cole, the oldest of the fam, led the way for us, played every sport known to man. I don't even know why I'm going full bio on y'all, but this is how <laughs> I feel today, okay? That's my sister, Cole, Nicole Young, and then we got my VP, manager, right hand. If you don't know, if you don't know, you really don't do any business with me then, because Paulino is that dude that you talk to when you're trying to talk to me, um, and it's great. I'm really enjoying, and I'm going to throw this out there because- this has been a little bit strange what's going on lately. Um, things have picked up uh, dramatically to, to kind of put it mildly. And Paul being a good manager that he is, he's trying to like manage my schedule so that I literally don't work all day, every day. And people are really having a problem with this, Paul. So I guess, I mean, Paul, do you know what I'm referring to? I don't know how, I wanna address this because 
man, you guys, Paul really does know my schedule. Paul really does help me with my schedule. So if Paul says like, no, I can't do it, that that really means it's from me as well that no, I can't do it because I've been like, it's been happening so much lately that I like Paul is there to take weight off of me so that I don't have to do certain things. So Paul will tell people one thing like, yeah, no, her schedule is booked throughout those days or throughout this time period. And then people will hit me up and say, hey, Paul said that you were booked throughout this time period. Is that true? It's true. Like, I don't know what to tell people, but it really is true. Um, the schedule is like, I work a lot just so people know. And I know that when it's your project, it's like, that's your baby and you really want it to go well. It's like, if Paul said it, it's true. I just wanted to throw that out there because it's like happening a lot more. So it's like, I'm doing double work. It's like, Paul's asking me about certain things and fixing my calendar. And then the same people that Paul is talking to is reaching out to me. Just thought I'd throw that out there, but all right, let's move on. Let's move on to- We still love you, but we still love you. We still love you. Like (laughs) that's the thing. (laughs) Yeah, like we love you guys. And it's crazy because if, if, if I would not, like understand the power of no, I would just work all day. Like I I don't really have a stop button. So it's great to have people like Paul around me because I work a lot as is. Like I'm about to do something after we record this. I was doing something all the way up until we recorded this. Like I really am out here working. So I just want people to know that I'm not just saying no, just because like, I don't like necessarily feel like it, which that's that's a perfect reason to say no as well. But I'm really out here working and Paul is trying to make sure that I don't just like work myself into the ground basically. So I I was kind of frozen before, but uh, yeah, I heard most of it. (laughs) Okay. And I always call Paul when I want to talk with Brunei. (laughs) (laughs) Also, also they were, they were saying no to us last year. So it's all right. (laughs) And this is, talk to him, Paul. I mean, not for nothing. He didn't tell a lie. I'm going to just say it like that. Paul didn't tell a lie. But Paul, talk to us. Tell us something. We have remote scoreboard. Okay, so in remote scoreboard, there's a lot going on all the time. It's even hard for us to narrow down. What are we going to talk about? Because there's a lot going on all the time. But on remote scoreboard, scoreboard, I just want to hear about what's going on in the basketball world, the business world, the sports world. What's going on? Paul handles that. So for remote scoreboard, what we have this week, Paul? Yeah, so Virginia women's basketball just shut down. It's, I think it's the third women's basketball program that shut down for COVID. But so my question was to you guys is like, do you think it's just because it's like the women's team? Like I haven't seen any men's team shut down, like and hmm. start and then shut down, I should say. Hmm. What do y'all think about that? Like that only women's program like, so it, far? Like, but what is the – I mean – but nobody's bringing fans. So what's the, what's the difference right now? I it guess might be, it might be the difference of how many people may already have COVID. Well, <laughs> they I, I don't want to put it out there. Well, yeah. They might don't want to, they don't want to say, Oh, we have five people on a team to have COVID. So <laughs> they might just be like, you know what, this is good. Cause you know what, like I said before, even with the Ravens, when they was talking about, we're going to delay the game two days. Then we come up two yeah. days later, five more people. They yeah. already know it's going to cycle through everybody. So they're just like, well, we just gonna have to shut it down until we figure out what's gonna happen. Hmm. What do you think, Snook? Like, why? Like, why are some programs, particularly women, shutting down when others are kind of just still like pushing through? Okay, I think maybe some schools have forgot about Title IX, and so okay. they still uh, are going to uh, if something has to go, women's sports. So that's just oh. my 
my feeling about it. If they have a strong women's program, uh, programs like UConn and Tennessee, and look, I do know that, uh, 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 not Xavier, but where Kim Mulkey is, uh, what is that, Baylor? Oh, Baylor, yeah, Baylor. They did shut down, didn't they? Did they shut down for the whole season? I'm not, I'm not sure. They listed Duke, uh, Virginia, and I think uh, okay. SMU. Well, okay. so to, to Snook's point, though, to your point, though, Snook, there, I think you're kind of hitting on it, but I think it's all about money. Like, I mean, okay. I think that you're going to see a UConn program that, you know, we're a powerhouse. We've, we've actually had to shut down twice already, I believe, due to, like, we've had to postpone, I should say, and go into – yeah, we've had to postpone and go into quarantines – I think twice already because of that, but we're going to power through it because yeah, we're one of those top teams and, but you saw it in football, even this last season, the conferences that aren't powerhouse conferences, they just kind of shut it down before this even even started. They was like, nah, we're not even going to try to do that. So again, I think money, what else you got Paulino? Yeah. I think the men's team, now that they know the the bubble, they're just going to chug along, try to get to the tournament for money. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yep. Um, I agree. This is, I think this is super interesting. And I texted you before and you didn't comment on it. So that's great. So uh, Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders just bought the Las Vegas. Oh yeah. This is very interesting to me. It's very exciting. So the NFL owner of the Las Vegas Raiders team, I'm even trying to get used to saying that like the Las Vegas Raiders, right? The owner of that team bought the Las Vegas aces let me tell you right now, the Las Vegas Aces were already like lit in a sense of when you go to Vegas, there's billboards of the players all over. They're like on everything inside of the casino. They have every Gatorade flavor. They have every Gatorade shake and then the flavors <laughs> and all the new flavors and all the good snackies. They already was living large is basically what I'm saying. So um, I hope that the NFL owner comes in and only adds to that in a sense of gives them more exposure and more everything. What are y'all's thoughts on this, uh, this acquire acquisition? Well, it reminds me of Connecticut, Paul and Renee, you know that when you went to the Mohegan, they used to be really big into in their casino in promoting uh, not only UConn sports, but the uh, UConn, uh, the Connecticut Sun. And so I remember even uh, when Gino had his place there, all of the uh, dishes had names from his players. There was even a shrimp dish named after Renee. (laughs) That was my favorite. Every time I went there, I got fried shrimp and like the little fried shrimp and French fries basket. So then they they basically named all of our meals after whatever we prefer to eat. Yeah. What do you think about that, Cole? I, I, I think it's good. I think we need to keep this going. Like we were just saying the other day that if the players actually invested in the teams and put the money in and start showing up, it would just blow women's sports out the, out the door. So maybe they were listening. Maybe he was, maybe, like, is, maybe he was I, like, you're right. Is this thing on? Are y'all yeah. listening? <laughs> maybe they yes. were listening. So, I like so, that. So I, th- so I think it's interesting too, but I'm confused. Like why, uh, like MGM would sell them because they already had like basically the same setup as Connecticut. But I think, I don't know, are casinos doing well? I I feel like everybody's hit. I guess like, <laughs> I think that a lot of people are shedding money weight right now. But, uh, um, you just see it in yeah. businesses. I see a lot of businesses like shrinking their sizes. So, yeah. But uh, if you knew Al Davis's dad, like everybody liked to play for him for like the Raiders and stuff, like he was all about winning. So <laughs> I'm assuming that he's going to 
be into this. Oh, that's lit. I hope so. That's lit. What else you got? And Blockbuster, obviously, as everybody saw, James Harden got traded to the Nets. Obviously, da, 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 da. Not trade, but uh, obviously, that was the biggest one. Wow. Yeah, so woo, what do we think about everything that went down with James Harden? Oh, man, what are we thinking about that? My first thought, what you got, Snooker Book? It looks like you got some thoughts over there. What you was all? <laughs> okay, well, you know, back in the day, I was under the assumption that uh, the commissioner was always trying to stop any trades that would make, like, superpower teams or whatever. <laughs> And so now it seems to be that, you know, these teams are creating these super teams. But I'm just wondering, can every team in the NBA be a super team? <laughs> I so, so I, you know, I, I just don't know what, uh, what thought goes into which ones can and which ones can't, you know? That is interesting, Snookapooka, because... Okay, so Snook's on Twitter, as you guys know, but she ain't on Twitter like that. I actually tweeted something very similar to that. I said, it makes me think back to when um, the Chris Paul trade got shut down. Like the Chris Paul trade got shut down when he wanted to go to the Lakers because they were trying to get rid of a super team. But then as we saw the Golden State Warriors, and listen, a lot of people kind of don't count the Golden State Warriors because they drafted Steph Curry. They drafted Klay Thompson. They drafted Draymond Green. So those are three people out of that super team. So when they added KD, they became a super team. But you got to give Golden State credit. They drafted and developed the super team of their own. But, like, I mean, LeBron went to Miami when there was already D-Wade there, Chris Bosh there. So, I mean, is that a normal thing now, Cole? What are we thinking? Like, how are we feeling about this super team buildup? I think that – I think it's different than it was back in the day because I feel like – the athleticism of all the players is so much more like back in the day, there was like maybe 10 phenomenal yeah. players. And so they didn't want all 10 phenomenal players on one team because then who wants to watch a game where it looks like you got a, a professional team playing a middle school team. So I think now with the way the players are, these kids are coming out of college and high school like grown men, yeah, like grown men. So yeah. it's so much, there's so much um, talent. They're like, well, why not? Yeah. You might have, you might have a player who's a, a phenomenal player, but he's 40. Then you got five, five younger players and they're all phenomenal. So it might even out. No, I agree. I, I do think that talent has switched a little bit in a sense of there's a lot, there's a lot of superstars out there. The NBA is wealthy in talent, but there's still those have not teams like there's the haves and the have nots. And it's like those have not teams It's those are the ones I feel for. There's going to be a certain level of teams that can always compete, but it's like, there's going to be some teams where it's just, I'm glad the Hawks aren't one of those teams, by the way, because I think we got enough to hold our own, but woo, it's getting, it's getting thick out here. But what do y'all think about? Yeah. What Cole, what you got Cole? But also if you think about it, We've had some superstar teams that were trash. Hello, somebody. That doesn't mean, listen, oh. and now that's a good transition to Brooklyn because a lot of people are saying that uh, it looks good on paper. You know, like that's kind of what they're saying about Brooklyn. What are your thoughts on Brooklyn, Paul? So like, they, do you uh, think, yeah, like, what do you so think about funny this? I'm a, I'm a Nets fan, so I remember the, the Darren Williams days, and they thought like you know a KG yeah. and all them, and then nothing happened, and then uh, they did another one, and I I forgot that Jason Kidd was the coach, and then they were like, 
Steve Nash as a coach. So like, you know, two mm-hmm. all-star point guards are the coaches. And, uh, and then they said, then they were talking about like Steve Nash and like Amari Stoudemire, like underachieving and not winning. So yeah, it's yeah all, like, that's tough. And, and, then you look at too, these salary caps and things. So you're going to oh. be on the team and you're going to take all your money and put sure. it with the yeah, so James Harden, right. James Harden just actually in your it. second line. You don't have anything. Oh, they get true. hurt or whatever. You don't have true. anything. And did you hear what? And did you hear what Paul said? Money to the uh, the top, uh, the superstars. <laughs> yes, we got it. Yeah. Did you hear what Paul said? <laughs> what now? <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I'll say it again. Uh, so James Harden actually like lost like uh, sixteen million dollars now, like due to New York taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So James Harden had to take a little. No, what what you're saying, Snook, is is completely correct though. It's it's always been that way though. There's always going to be a hierarchy of money. That's how there's that's how the pecking orders are. Or there's that super max. There's that max, and that tells you all right, super max. They got the super green light. The max got the green light. And yeah, you follow yourself down accordingly. That's how the salary goes. So that's kind of sports. Uh, that's always going to be sports because, boy, is there a lot of money. Well, I've said in another uh, previous episode that I feel that James Harding is free. Like he can do what he wants to go where he wants to go. The money ain't really all that's. Well, yeah, he's good. You know, uh, exactly. Well, they're just going to go if the people offer them a little bit more money than they're making. They gone, you know. But yeah. Him, more so i can do what i want to do so I'll he go controls his own destiny like adam's family he goes where he wants to go and he does what he wants to do okay excuse <laughs> me so does anybody care about like people saying that they're not going to get along like maybe they might not have good chemistry that's not the thought process we didn't talk about everything but that I, that's an old prediction there's going to be problems. I, I think that you had too many chiefs in the TP. Too many chiefs in the TP. Somebody <laughs> not going to be happy. What's, what's the bold prediction, Paul? I'm going to say like in, in a, uh, maybe this year or next year and in, in a few years, <coughs> Russell Westbrook's going to be on the team too and just bring back OKC. Oh my goodness. Paul has been in them Twitter streets. That's all I have seen. <laughs> Everyone has been talking about trade what is it Kyrie for Russell Westbrook and bring back the band the three boy band again the what could have been at OKC Paul just made a bold prediction and said that here you heard it here first (laughs) 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 on remotely and that's our third one so we are going to move along all right so for distant dining we've really like not done well as far as the mail system is concerned I guess I can say now that I, I ship cheesecakes out to the crew just to test it out and see if the mail system could make it happen. And it didn't. But for distant dining, we actually have a celebrity chef. And no, this is not a joke. It sounds like a joke when I say stuff, but it's not. We have celebrity chef Jay Ponder. You might have seen him on Chopped. You might have seen him on Cutthroat Kitchen. I'm talking about like a real celebrity chef. I actually met him on the set of Sister Circle. It's a show here in Atlanta. Um, it's not on anymore, but I met him on set and he had the whole sm- set smelling delicious. And, you know, I like a good meal. So we became instantly friends. And so celebrity chef Jay Ponder is going to walk me, snook a book, hopped in there on there with me. He's going to walk us through some lamb chops and greens. Chef Jay Ponder, take it away. 
cannabis infused lamb chops. Here we go, remove the fat cap, take off the silver skin. The silver skin is actually no good. Uh, a lot of connective tissue, super chewy. Get rid of that real quick. Um, clean up a little bit more. Fat cap gone. Let's remove the uh, pieces around the bone, which is called Frenching, which is an awesome technique. Uh, also, with my Frenching technique, I take uh, wet paper napkins and I wrap those around the bone to keep the bones nice and white and clean. I'm going to also season my meat with keef salt. That's right, I made my own keef salt. I'm going to leave the uh, ingredients below how to make keef salt. There it is. And some regular mustard to hold on the breadcrumbs. There it is. I'm going to quickly flash fry this. Um, rack of lamb just to get the brown uh, look going on there. I'm not going to keep it too long, a couple minutes. I'm going to finish it off in the oven later, actually. That looks awesome. Mmm, One more quick kick of that. Boom. And that's halfway cooked, not at all ready to go. Let's get into the cannabis butter. This uh, batch of flour that I use is a uh, Kush blend, an OG Kush blend, which is a nice blend of sativa and indica. There's the butter. I'm going to melt the butter down. You want to remove all the milk and water solids from that butter. You want pure butter. Uh, I'm going to take my decarb marijuana right here. Boom, there it is, decarb. I'm going to let that steep inside the butter. I'm going to allow the decarb flour to steep in this butter for about 25 to 30 minutes. And after that, I'm going to strain, drain, and you have cannabis butter. The cannabis butter was applied to the lab later in the demonstration. Okay, so for this segment of Distant Dining, we have Celebrity Chef. you probably already seen him before because he's been on cooking shows, but... We have celebrity chef Jay Ponder. I met him on the set of Sister Circle, right? Like he was cooking up something yep. amazing on set there. He had the whole place smelling delicious. Uh, but Chef Jay Ponder, he's been on multiple sets, cooking shows, and he cooks a different style. Like when he cooked for my birthday, <laughs> he cooked for me my birthday, and he made everything, was it with salt? Just different types of salt, right? Or how? Yeah, all, all I used was just salt and pepper. Salt and pepper, some fresh herbs. You had uh, all your fresh aromatics, and then your garlic and your onions, and just really, you know, flavorful. It was unbelievable. Like when he told me that after I was eating that everything he made was with salt and pepper, I was like, nah, nah, nah no way. Not <laughs> the salt and pepper that I use in my kitchen. It doesn't taste anything like that. But today we got Snookabooka with us because you know we got Cook with Snook. She usually handles the distant dining, sending us cookies and pastries. So she's having a seat too with us here today. Chef Jay Ponder, what are you cooking for us? Oh, today we got some herb crusted lamb and we got some delicious southern collard greens with some smoked turkey neck. Uh, you know, it's going to be a, a pretty flavorful uh, lunch today. Okay, so walk me through it. Walk me through it, Snookabooka. Feel free to comment, ask questions. She's the real <laughs> cook here. I know nothing about cooking, but walk us <laughs> through the process. Okay, first let me just say lamb is a very difficult meat to cook and a lot of people won't fool with it. Now, I don't cook much lamb, but I had a sister who was famous for doing her lamb roast and I know that it takes a lot of patience and time to clean lamb to make it uh, edible. So at any rate, hats off to you for that. Okay. Thank you, thank you. All right, so Chef, what you, what, what's the process? Snook already told us that it's a hard process, so let us know what's the process. Uh, so, so the process when you take lamb, I use uh, so this right here is rack of lamb. You have lamb chops. Uh, you have, uh, as she mentioned before, the uh, loin or the roast part of it. Um, but the uh, crazy thing about doing uh, rack of lamb is the cleaning process. I mean, it's it's silver skin, fat caps, and 
everything in between. And this part right here is actually the tenderloin. So just like with cows and beef, they have tenderloins. This is the main muscle that runs down the back piece of it. It's the most selectable, the most selected piece of any type of protein. So with the uh, rack of lamb, again, the cleaning process is very tedious. So something should be done a day before uh, ahead of time. Uh, but once you get it cleaned up, and it, it, it takes to whatever seasoning too. Uh, so with this, I just did, and, and you have a portion there with yourself. So yes, I do. Over. Sorry, Snookabooka. I do have a plate here that I will be oh, trying. Man. I'm gonna try to wait till the end. <sighs> <laughs> so I mean, so like with, with, with lamb, it, it takes to whatever flavor you put on it. So just a little bit of like uh, salt and pepper. I took some uh, mustard, French's mustard. I lathered it in mustard and I rolled it in some breadcrumbs. Now the opposite process then of course is your uh, your egg wash mixture of flour, but this is a lot more clear and the mustard adds an extra flavor to it too. So I uh, sear it or fry it real quick, pull it out, pop it in the oven for about 25, 30 minutes um, and then it's ready to go. Uh, in this process today, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna reintroduce it back to the pan to bring up their crispness a little bit and then give you guys a nice plating demonstration. Ooh, I love it. Let's see it. Let's see it. And what and what kind of how is that cooked? Because I can see a little pink there. It looks like it's cooked to perfection. What what temp is that cooked on? This right here is, is about a mid well. This is a mid well. Mid -well. Uh, okay. You, you typically want to stay with the mid well, the medium rares. Uh, a lot of people like to eat it well done. I mean, you know, it's up to, it's up to the people. You know what I mean? So I know it's uh, up to the people, but well done to me is. If you don't eat it right when it comes out the oven, it's gonna be chewy, hard. You definitely can't reheat anything that's well done. So I, to Absolutely. me, I get the most flavor when it's medium well. Snook, how do you eat yours? Medium well. Okay, so that's, you All making right. it just how we like it, chef. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Hey, if you remember on your birthday, the, uh, the uh, salmon I had made was about uh, the same temperature point too. Uh, and, and you know what happened? What happened to that salmon? It, it, it didn't make it. None of it made it. None of it made it. Tore that plate up. Smashed the whole plate. You know what I mean? So, it, you know what? One one cool thing about um, doing the uh, lamb chops, you can crust them or you can grill them. I mean, who doesn't like grilled food? Uh, I prefer grilled lamb. I think as the season changes. You see more down on my social media page, a lot more grilling food. You can smoke them. Lamb is just full of flavors regardless. So I'm excited to use this product. I'm excited. Snookabooka, y'all grill like everything, right? So this is right down your alley when we talk grill, right? <laughs> yes. And I want to thank uh, Chef Ponder for stepping in for me on your birthday. <laughs> oh, I, I got you back. I had you back. I had you, back. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy? I found out later that Renee is actually a, a secretive, renowned food critic. Um, so I'm glad I didn't know that ahead of time. I'd have been nervous, but no. I think everything, everything went off well as you enjoyed it. Listen, so I told Chef about how Snook is the same. I've played overseas for 10 plus years. So we've tried cow tongue. We've tried everything oh, wow. that you could try. <laughs> And we and we're used to like a certain freshness overseas, and, and America is a different type of freshness. Like we have preservatives and everything here in America, but overseas it's like your food goes bad in two days. I used to be frustrated because I had to go to the grocery store every other day, but <laughs> then again, it's like, well, I am getting fresh food, so yeah, that. Uh, so I'm used to it. And Snookabooka, she actually has her own garden. Snookabooka, um, and what's in your garden? What are you making your garden? It's like everything. Well, I, well, starting the season, I have asparagus. I have an asparagus garden, so Ooh. I grow 
asparagus. Mm -hmm. And then I go into the spring crops like kale, collards, mustard. I love mustard greens. That's one of my favorites. And uh, I do the Swiss chard. And then I go into the summer vegetables with uh, the green beans and tomatoes and peppers and watermelon and all of that. So I pretty much try to grow a little bit of everything that uh, I buy at the grocery store in my garden. <laughs> Greens, beans, tomatoes, tomatoes, chicken, chicken, <laughs> chicken. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, snooka booka. Okay, chef, all right, let's see something. Let's see it get seared up. What you got for us? Again, this is a lightly breaded, lightly crusted, all right? I got a little bit of oil in here. It's, it's important to pan sear with minimum oil. Any more oil like this right here would be deep fried. We don't want to deep fry the product. It's already a beautiful product, right? So we're going to bring it up a little bit in temperature, lay it down, and that sound. That's perfect right That's the sound we want to hear right here. That is the sound we need. Look at that. Nice and hot. See, that's it, the sound. That, to me, that sounds like dinner's almost ready. I'm hungry. <laughs> Absolutely. And one of, the, one of the key things with uh, sharing is you want to have your uh, heat low and slow. Everything is done low and slow. And it only takes a second to kind of sear off that uh, crust. Beautiful. Look Beautiful. at that. Look at that. That is delicious right there. And we're going to pair it with some uh, smoked greens, collard greens, that is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a and southern green, and it's good. <laughs> and here's a huge fan. I've become a huge fan of using peanut oil lately. It okay. lasts a lot longer. It cooks a lot better than me, personally. Uh, but if you have a nut allergy, of course, you use vegetable oil. But the peanut oil is perfect for me. Okay, so yeah, obviously, if you have a nut allergy, you can't use that. But peanut oil is the is that that's like the frying. That's a good frying oil. Yep, um, that's the uh, life expectancy, if you will, on the peanut oil lasts a little bit longer, uh, especially during like Thanksgiving. Most people fry their turkeys in peanut oil. Oh, blow up the house. And, and, and you can fry at high temperatures, with, which makes it a lot better with all, all the smoke and everything. I use peanut oil a lot when I try to uh, braise and do things like that. Okay. Yep, that is absolutely true. And it has what's called a very high smoke point, and she, she mentioned this now. So now that these are re-crisp up in that delicious oil, we're going to go to the plating process. Delicious. So now we're plating. This is my favorite part. So this is like, as you're getting stuff set up, this is like on the cooking shows where they're telling everybody to hurry get something on the plate plate it plate it like this is my favorite part when they're like getting the stuff together and trying to get it on there in time and i'm like get something on the plate before you don't even get in the competition so this is yeah this is definitely got to be one of my favorite parts about all of the cooking experiences like the plating aspect and, and, and you know what when i was on uh on food network when i was on chop and uh, I did cut through a kitchen like that. It's real time. Like the time. Let me quick. just stop you right there, real quick. I know you guys heard that. Yes, he was on Chopped. Yes, he was on Cutthroat Kitchen. Cutthroat Kitchen is one of my favorite ones, um, where they sabotage each other, and it's so fun. But I just wanted you guys to let you know when I said celebrity chef, this was no cap. We have celebrity chef Jay Ponder. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 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 that 
play time, man, it's so important that you uh, constantly think how you're going to play, how you're going to play on the plate. And our plates as chef is a blank canvas, you know, so we are true, truly artists. Uh, for my plate, and it's different playing technique for chefs. You get this super foo-foo stuff, the real pretty stuff that you don't want to touch it to eat it. Uh, I favor more rustic flavor, I mean, rustic uh, style plating. So you just dive in there and eat it. I make it look cute, but at the same time, <laughs> You made it look a little cute or whatever. Okay. <laughs> so I like it. These uh greens actually come from my mom. My mom has a garden too. Uh, she do uh, greens and cabbage and potatoes, um and, and uh, herbs. So with plating, very very important. You want to go to the center of the plate. Why go to the center of the plate? Good question. Because it keeps all of the food, all the heat, kind of. Located right in the middle of the plate. Oh, also, okay. height. We'll put a lot of height in it. So I put the greens up really high and tall for height. Uh, come with the uh, lamb chops here. I'm going to intertwine those two. Ooh. And then those two right here in the front. And bam, there it is. Would you look okay. at this TP perfection right there? So Welcome. What do you think about that? I think it's awesome. And and one of the things talking uh, going back to the shows is that you know when you cook a meat, you sear it and all that. You have to time it perfectly because meat has to rest for a certain amount of time so the juices retain. So uh, that's oh, really a hard job to uh, do the plating and all of that. You don't want to you know them to cut into it too soon. You better talk that talk. Yeah, so you let it rest. So now the moment of truth, as I told you right here, I have my little sample compliments of Chef Jay Ponder. I'm going to tell you right now. Dive in, baby. Dive in. I'm sorry, Snookabooka. You're in West Virginia. So I'm gonna taste the greens first. Have okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it there with you. I'm gonna get it there with you. Okay. And you know, when uh, I was cooking greens back when they were growing up, I had to cook like a, a canner full of them because my girls ate greens mm. by the plate full. Oh yeah, I eat them mm. by the bowls. I throw a little vinegar. Mm. I don't even gotta put no, like I don't even put no vinegar on his, but I throw a little vinegar on it. It's a pour. Yeah, mm the tomatoes and that's so awesome. You know what? I put fresh onions and tomatoes on mine. That's it's a Georgia favorite. Daniel Georgia. You put fresh tomatoes and fresh onions on top of it. Kind of a, a southern uh salsa, if you will. The guy. This is so good. I'm gonna tell you right now. This meat, I'm talking about tender. We're talking about tender meat, tender, juicy, all of the flavors just explode at once. Look. I watch a lot of cooking shows, so I know what this is what you call and heat up the next day and it can still be delicious. All of that. Mm. Yes, ma'am. Get on in there. Well, listen, the next time I come to Atlanta, I certainly hope that you send something like that over <laughs> to Renee. I'd be happy to be a tester for you. We're going to have to get you back, Je Chef Jay Ponder. Yeah, look, look, tearing it up when the fam bam is here. I thank you so much for coming on to Distant Dining. Okay, so Snookabooker, what did you think? Like, we had some lamb chops, we had greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes, 
lamb chops, lamb chops, lamb chops. What's up? Had my mouth watering. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? She said greens. I'm talking about collard greens. I'm talking about collards. The real greens. No, real greens. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, that meat was so tender and delicious. I tore it up. I'm talking about the bone, like you know, when there was nothing left on the bone, like it was like them chicken wings where you get all the meat off the bone. There was nothing left on my lamb chops bone. It was delicious. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Chef Jay Ponder for coming through one time for the one, like he's really good, you guys. Like one time he only cooked food with salt only. And you know, there's different types of salts that have different types of flavors. And I told him, I know you lying because I just like, I have all that seasoning in the kitchen and can't make nothing. And he had salt <laughs> and made a delicacy like a meal of cuisine. It was unbelievable. Okay, so wrap probably is one of my top favorite segments. Rap stands for Remotely Ask Paul. And we asked Paul the most, I don't know, ridiculous questions you can ask him. Uh, he thought we were gonna ask him questions to really test his knowledge. And that was the joke of the year. Um, we're not doing that. We Cole finds, and again, these are real things happening around the world. So Cole finds interesting topics. And then we asked Paul about it. So Paul, uh, Cole, what do we have? What are we rapping about today? Okay. so. I gotta ask you a question. We all, you know, chicken is one of the top meals probably in the world. <laughs> well, there is a Thai researcher. He's a student and he's trying to get funding because he actually wants to use chicken feathers to beef up meals as far as just break them down for the protein. So Paul, I'm gonna ask you, what? how do you think the best way for him or how is he gonna present breaking down the components of these chicken feathers and beefing up the meals all over the world. He's actually, people are, millions of people are looking into funding him. And but, this is like, this is a special, like this is not just any meal. It's again, the, when you do stuff like this, I guess they're like a delicacy. It's unbelievable that this is real, by the way. We always tell you guys this because it sounds outrageous. It's real. So Paul? Well, I'm definitely not one of the millions investing. <laughs> miss out on our blessing by judging stuff a book by its cover okay so judgy judgy but really he wants to actually make some type of so, so you're telling me there's like proteins in in chicken wings well yeah and, what, and with yes absolutely and what's really crazy is you there are 2.3 million tons of feathers that's how many chickens we're killing oh so you think about 2.3 million tons of feathers not meat you know how light a feather is, two point three. Well, you know what I think about, and this is so but, gross. But but you know, like you pull the feathers like out of the chicken, and I feel like there maybe the nutrients have to be in that little part, right? Like, because it can't be at that tip. Not well, that, that, that two point three tons probably has a lot of dust because there's some dusty birds. Oh. <laughs> are dusty i know my grandmother raised chickens and they were some dust. they got out there and they scratch and scratch it so that 2.3 tons if they didn't wash those feathers probably one quarter of that was dust oh <laughs> my goodness it's, look have you plucked a chicken before oh i have i've killed them wrung their necks 
I'm oh no, out. sorry, Peter. Uh look, this was a different time. I'm gonna let everybody know this was a different <laughs> time. We farm. grew up, we grew up on a farm in a country, just like that's how it happened. Yeah. That is bound to happen. Paul, do you have any input about this? I mean, Snook has gave some great insight. Yeah, so how do you think they should actually distribute? Should it be like a protein that you like a powder or a dust? And like, what do you think they're actually gonna try to install this into? Like, are we gonna go into GNC and see like you know, chicken feather dust, protein, like, something. Like all the food things you've been saying, we just got to try them all. Oh, wow. That would be interesting. <laughs> oh, a chicken dust. Mom, would you try something? <laughs> no. You know what? My house has a tribute to chickens in my kitchen because my husband loves chickens so much. <laughs> we got to see if we get dead and maybe take the protein. I'm not trying that. I just want to just Give imagine, <laughs> imagine putting chicken protein dust in your sh in your like protein shake in the morning. Hey. That mm -mm. sounds. I mean, woo! I, you know, I've seen crazier things on Shark Tank. I'm just saying, like, I like, you know what? I, I just can't even see how they could get sanitized enough. You know, like they're just knowing about you know the structure of a chicken. I just can't see how they oh get they to do it I well, really they, they'll find a way they'll ha they'll have some type of cleaning component they'll be all mixed up and then they'll drain them and then they'll dry them out then they'll i know the you know, i know the vegan maybe they'll, remove to the maybe they'll remove the feathers before they kill the chicken <laughs> oh <laughs> boy no i don't want them i don't want them to, them listen feathers. i would like to do a psa right now that we don't support any harming <laughs> of animals we don't you know we PETA we are your friend we I would are. like to just put that out there because <laughs> this conversation could have gone left a little bit it feels like it's going left and all we're saying is people but you know just people are being very resourceful around the world like things aren't happening here in America yet but yes. seeing how resourceful people are being around the world when it comes to creating more food sources, I mean, we already know there's a scarcity in food, but it kind of makes you think about like, should we be paying closer attention here in America? I'm just saying everything we see about these bizarre food things about like, now they're about to start eating like human and growing human meat. And I'm like, why are we doing so many weird things when it comes to meat and trying to get protein? And I'm like, oh, Lord, should we be paying attention to something? I've watched The Walking Dead, okay? But I'm just saying, also, people thought it was crazy beyond meat. It was other countries. They were breaking down these yeah. vegetables and making yeah. meat out of vegetables. And we were in America. We're like, you got to be kidding we love our beef we love our yeah. now beyond meat is over here in grocery stores so beyond you, meat, you know yeah. they're at everything i just but saw did you, but, but do you remember before beyond meat uh paul because that was a crazy concept to people it before was. it became like popular yeah so i'm you saying remember it, that they were talking about them veggie burgers and i, I don't want that real meat i don't want yeah. that fake beyond meat. Exactly. people used to say that exactly they used to sound just like you paul <laughs> Yep. Oh my god. Actually I tried <laughs> I tried the uh the Burger King like uh Oh yeah, Impossible, impossible Whopper. Yeah. yeah. And see and look it, look look at where it's at now. Who would have thought wait, Paul said, wait, what did you say? It's trash? Yeah. <laughs> they got it all at Dunkin' Donuts now. I just saw the ad too. That it was all uh beyond meat stuff. I don't think it's it. 
Whopper Whopper is trash, though. I actually There's tried No way it. a Whopper with cheese in any type of Beyond Meat can be trash. Mm-hmm. They have so much stuff on that sandwich, you can't even taste the meat. That's what, <laughs> oh my goodness, that's what I was just about to say. The Impossible Burger, it tastes just like the Whopper. They cook it on the same grill, I'm sure. So it got all that, cr- like, charboiled goodness on there. They got the cheese, the ketchup, <laughs> the mustard, everything you want on there, the onions. So honestly, the meat, it just I tastes mean, like the grill. The king yeah. needs a queen too, so. What? Like Burger King king. Huh? <laughs> I'm saying the Burger King king needs a queen. Yeah, the year of the woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the year of the woman. Get a queen up in there, Burger King. <laughs> okay, listen, Burger King, we are not above Burger King sponsorship, and I'm going to move on from there. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, so what we got coming up next is earlier, earlier I went one-on-one with Matt Barnes. Yep, get excited, because that's exciting. He's, a, if you don't know, he's an NBA champion. He's an entrepreneur. Now he's an advocate for cannabis. And pretty much when I asked him what's off limits, he said nothing. So I asked him about everything. He has a podcast that he co-hosts called All the Smoke. And I'm sure if you know Matt, you know that they probably mean that liter- literal re- literally and figuratively so i'm just gonna tell you that i asked matt a lot of questions okay i asked him like you know random questions like how high is he how often is he high how many hours a day is he high i want to know what that (laughs) lifestyle is like so i asked about it some of the stuff you're gonna have to see on thursday when the full episode drops but check out a little bit of it right now matt barnes one-on-one but the basketball community is starting to get worried now, Matt, okay? It was first happened with Nate, and now I heard you lost to your trainer boss. <laughs> what, what happened in that <laughs> What happened in that foot race? What's going yeah, on? That's funny. So he, 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 he puts that on me every day, too. Um, it was something uh, that, uh, you know, it's no secret. I haven't done anything since I retired in 2017. Um, I'm up about 20 pounds on my playing weight, so I literally just started working out maybe three weeks ago four weeks ago and that was the first time since 2017 I've been like really been working out so I'm just getting back in shape and that was my second race he didn't let you know that was my second race so I just told him mm-hmm. yesterday morning that by the end of January I'm gonna beat him and I'm gonna film it this time because <laughs> he you know he had the camera rolling um your son so you have two twin sons and they're actually starting their own show the Barnes Boys what should we expect with that? Are they going to be as opinionated as their dad? Like, what should we expect on their show? Um, a fun new kind of energy. You know, I don't really see kids in this space. They got an opportunity to do something for ESPN um, when the bubble first started and they were a hit. Um, the producers hit me like, yo, you got something with your boys. I was already thinking about doing something that kind of just stamped it and green lighted. I, I had to make sure I didn't have my dad goggles on. But, uh, you know, when ESPN said they love what the Twins are doing, I was like, okay, we got something here. So we started their podcast. Hopefully we'll launch their first episode uh, in the next week. We've already shot it. But just a fun kid's point of view on life, uh, particularly sports, uh, culture, music, social media, because all the time we're talking, you know what I mean? And we always are talking for kids and and doing too much talking at times. So I just thought it would be refreshing to have their point of view from 12-year-old kids coming up in a crazy pandemic presidential change bubble nba just lifestyle 
Um, so their energy as twins is crazy. I mean, they'll probably end up wrestling or boxing at one point <laughs> during the podcast, but it'll be something that's about 15 to 18 minutes long with just a lot of, you know, they're, they're very opinionated and intelligent when it comes to sports. They really tune in on it. So I'm excited for them to show that side of their, their, their knowledge, but then their connection as twins is so special. So I'm excited to show that as well. I like that. That's the Gen Z group. I did the same with my niece and my son, Gen Z and me. We have a show. So I, I get it. Um, and you you talked about ESPN and on the jump with, what was it, Rachel Nichols and Richard Jefferson. You talked about athletes should boy, boycott the Olympics. Why? Like, tell me your thoughts on why do you why do you think that? I didn't necessarily say they should. I said if they really want to make a statement, boycotting the Olympics is a bigger statement than actually boycotting your individual sport. Um, you know, because okay. there was so much talk about uh, the bubble. Should they play? Should they not? I thought they should play because I felt like with the NBA message and logo behind them, their, their word travels worldwide. And that was yep. my main reasoning. And obviously, as a fan of the sport, I just kind of wanted to see some smiles. But, you know, there was a five or six month stretch where it was nothing but crying for the whole world. Yeah. You know what I mean? And although basketball doesn't solve problems, it can be a quick escape, I felt, for, you know, the world to, to, to just kind of watch and, 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 and take your mind off the crazy world that's going, going on around us. Um, so that was my reasoning behind it. But I like, like I said, this message was more when I said that about if you're going to boycott, boycott the Olympics. Uh, you know, this country has never been for us. And now that it's finally, we're starting to have footing and a voice, there's a lot of pushback. And, you know, this is supposed to be the home, you know, home of the free land of the, uh, land of the brave, but it's always been an issue to be African-American and a minority in this country. So, like I said, I thought it would make more of a statement saying, hey, like, until these unjust killings stop, until we get this crazy president out, whatever the situation, whatever they wanted to, to stand behind, I just felt like Olympic is kind of a, 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 a statement to the entire world on the biggest stage. Love that. Um, and staying on the NBA, <clears throat> Commissioner Adam Silver announced that the league would not be testing for marijuana this upcoming season. Now, I saw your post where you said that you want your couple hundred thousand. <laughs> I love it. I saw your post where you said you want your couple hundred thousand back. Is that a real amount? Like, how many times do you think that you've been fined in the NBA? Um, my, I think my fine total was a little bit over half, a, uh, half a million, um, which is horrible if you think about it. Um, but I did lose some money to it, but that was just kind of a joke to make humor, but I'm really happy for Michelle Roberts, who's the president of the Players Association, Adam no, that's amazing. They're starting to listen to their players. And I think it's important. It's something myself and Al Harrington, uh, owner of Viola have been pushing, um, heavy, um, just to kind of understand what what this plan is about, I think we we get stuck on stigmas from the '80s that it's a gateway drug, and if you do it, you're yeah. a loser, and you you're a gangbang. Whatever the stigmas behind it, it's wrong, you know. And I I focus less on the high part of it and more of the educational and the beneficial sides to our body. You know, for me to someone, and it wasn't something I was bragging about, but you know, when I asked, I started smoking at 14. And at the time, I didn't really know everything it was doing for me, but I just knew it allowed me to sleep at night. It allowed me to relax. It allowed me to focus when needed because I had a really tough, tough uh, childhood. And, and, and carrying that through high school, through my career at UCLA, through my 14-year NBA career, like it really started to understand, okay, like this helps me, you know, take my mind off the trouble. This, this allows me to focus, you know, because I was someone who smoked before the games. This allowed me to focus and, and shut all the noise out off, off the court. Uh, this helps me sleep, which is needed with our crazy travel schedules and either guys yeah. or some guys are drinking themselves to sleep or taking all kinds of pills that can put themselves to sleep. All I needed was some good California weed and it was going to put me to sleep. So, 
it was just something that, you know, I firmly believed in and I took a lot of chances and lost money um, doing it. But at the same time, I'm proud to say three years removed that this is an actual happening now. Like it's not yeah. all the way there, but like I said, I think the fact that Adam, you know, made that announcement is big. And it and I, I think too- big. It's the, really big. The NBA is really big on messaging, obviously, because our players are so transparent. Yeah. You know, you could be the 12th man and, and have endorsements, you know, around the world still. Um, so we really want to be careful about what we're putting out there to children. You know, me being a father of two 12-year-old boys, I really have to be careful with, you know, my advocacy and the way I kind of talk to them about it and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think we're very image conscious. But the way I look at it is it's not so much we're saying, hey, go smoke weed. We're just not testing for it. You know what I mean? Right. And it, it could just be the end of it. You know what I mean? So that, yeah. that's all. It doesn't have to say, hey, go do this. It's just like we're not testing. And that's how it used to be when I first came in league is they, they would test you one time in the preseason. That was it. Yeah. And then that, okay, so I got it. So usually it was the one time and done. So you can kind of figure your way out around it. Just question, because a lot of people are going to have this question. You don't think that, you, do you think that it slowed your motor skills down? You said you would smoke right before the game. That didn't, that didn't affect you none. Because I just think the casual fan would think that. Um, I know that, like, I know from just experience with people that that's not true. But what, why do you think that that does? Because there's a stigma with that, too. I think, uh, you know, cannabis affects everybody differently. And it may slow some people down. It may put some people to sleep. It may have a re reverse effect on people. And I wasn't someone who literally smoked on the way to the game. So like on a game day, we would have a shoot around at maybe 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. That'd be for an hour. I would go home, mm -hmm. smoke a joint, take a nap, get up, eat, shower, and go okay. to the game. But within like a four okay. or five hour window of playing, I would smoke. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it yeah. allowed me to take a great nap. It allowed me to focus, you know, because me every night I had to guard the best player. So I'm guarding Kobe, LeBron. That's talk you talk. That's a fact. I mean, so I had to really lock in on the task at hand. Like that was my challenge every night. I wasn't going out there trying to score 20. I'm like, damn, how am I going to slow these dudes down? That's that was my, uh, you know, my train of thought. So, and quiet is kept. I had my off the court life was just as loud as my on the court life. You know what I mean? So to be able to, yeah. to tune out TMZ and all these blogs and people talking bad. <laughs> It's not just something, my employer. Yeah, no, that's not something most people can naturally do. So I just always found that cannabis was it for me. Okay, so as we all know, there's a changing in the administration. The Biden administration is helping move America forward. But I love how, first of all, Matt Barnes, and, and I asked him all those crazy questions. Yeah, he sat down with the president, talked with the president on his podcast, like pretty big deal. And so he talked about policy changes and holding politicians accountable and accountability is like this word that I want us to bring up all 2021. So I was really happy to see like Matt Barnes talking about that saying, you know, a lot of politicians say a lot of things to get in office, but let's just make sure we hold them accountable. And the way you do that is just stay present, pay attention to the legislations and your city and your community stuff and stuff on the federal scale. So yeah, that was a nice little, that's why you don't judge a book by its cover, by the way, because you know, you intro him and we're talking about cannabis and he's an advocate for that. And some people might've just written him off automatically. Oh no, he's an advocate for cannabis. This man interviewed the president of the United States of America, just the president, sat down with him, talked to the president. The president wanted to sit down with Matt Barnes. So things are changing. There's a culture shift going on and I'm happy to be a part of it. So I'm gonna move on now to, oh, the educational portion of the show that I love so much called Remote Roots. And for Remote Roots, you know, Snookabooka, she's gonna hold it down 
as she always does. But I want to talk since this is, you know, her birthday week, I'm going to tell a story about my snooker book. And this is not like just a one story thing. This is just like a, oh, she's present. I guess I could have done this on Mother's Day, but I'm telling you right now, we're talking about Snook's birthdays, but I want to talk about her on her birthday. So my snooker book, uh, I can remember, like, I can't remember how many games I played literally in my whole entire life. And I could probably count on my hand, you know, before I left and went to college, I could count on one hand how many games Snook was not at. It's pretty wild. So I just want, like, I'm sitting here and I'm sitting here sitting on an 11-year pro career. I'm sitting here with my own show, Remotely Renee. And I just think back to those times when it wasn't, it wasn't flashy, you know, it wasn't flashy to sit in AAU tournaments all day, all night. So Snookabooka, I wanted to tell you happy birthday on your, on your day. And to thank you for having like all this, this house I'm living in, all this, that's you. So I just wanted to tell you that my Snookabooka, the floor is yours. Thank you. Um, with you know the inauguration ahead, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. We've talked about voting and all of that, but you know there's a saying that says, "If you do not learn from your history, you're bound, bound to, to repeat it." it. And so uh, I always refer back to the things that I learned when I was growing up. And you know I'm really mad at myself now that I did not go more in depth with asking questions from my grandparents about different things they said. And so uh, the reason I referred to repeating your history is because my grandmother used to talk about Herbert Hoover. And if you know anything from history, you know that he was uh, there during the Great Depression. And my grandmother used to always say, well, he took his seat and he gave us ours, <laughs> which meant so what's that, that, mean? that when he became came in office that people didn't have any jobs to work and you know she said they were so hungry at times they had to steal the grass off the side of the hill from the cows and one of the things my grandmother prided herself in was that she never took any public assistance no welfare no nothing they just made it you know the best way they could mm. and so uh, as we look forward to, you know, as some look forward to the new, uh, the new administration coming in, right after Herbert Hoover was FDR. And, you know, he was the sponsor of the New Deal. And, you know, that's what Social Security, a lot of public health programs came into existence. So, you know, they came from a bad part of, you know, a bad administration, they felt. And those people who were, you know, on Herbert Hoover's party probably felt good when he was there and yeah. then FDR came in and so FDR came in and brought a lot of hope a lot of you know new programs he was more concerned with uh, working folks both black and my uh, white and minority having jobs and so you know we go through periods of where one party is in office and the other party is sad and yeah. then the other party wins and they get happy and all of that so we're at that kind of crossroads right now to where, you know, we've had an administration, some people might've loved, some people were not happy with, but we're going into a new administration. So whenever there's a new administration, and especially in this times with all the, the, uh, the struggles that we had with COVID, with, you know, unemployment, people losing their jobs, you know, there's always hope because there's a new day. So that's all I wanted to share with you today that, you know, we can look forward to hopefully the new inauguration, regardless of what party you're in, we have to beat COVID. And so wear your mask like and do all of that. So we can 
everyone can come out on the other side. And so Cole, didn't you say something about like time for healing basically? So what, what Snook has made me think about is yeah, like at a certain point, like people, we, we need, people need to heal. And so I just think that sometimes, you know, they call it like a fresh start. I don't care what party, nonpartisan, like a fresh start is kind of what we all need, like new blood. We need something to happen. Um, and so, yeah, it feels like, it feels like you can just feel the change happening and it's exciting. What do you think, Cole? What are your thoughts on that? I agree. Like you said, I said before, I said, people, we need to heal. I said, regardless, you know, even if you're mad or not happy with what's happening, you got to heal. We can't stay in the same um, sore. You can't pick the same sore all the time. The sore's got to yeah. let it heal. So I feel like it's, you're right. No one, the reason why there are parties is because there's always going to be people, be people who, who like one party over the other. Right. So any change of hands or changing of the guard, I should say that happens, you're always going to have people who are not going to be happy. People are going to be happy, but right. we need to heal together. That's what we're going to have to heal together. So I agree with mom. And I want to say something to the point of mom and like Renee said, missing games. I can tell you, my mother had three children. I am the oldest (laughs) and I can, I can honestly say she worked, she was a working mother. And so multiple jobs, multiple jobs. And she even at one point had her own business. Um, So she was actually doing all these things. And I remember running track. I remember at basketball games. I remember I was in dance a lot and we had all types of tournaments and all this other stuff. And my mother, we might, she might not have been there right when they started, but she was there before it finished because she was coming straight from work. Yep. She would be coming in the door. Dress clean, boy. Clean. Dress to kill. She would come in there and they'd be like, oh, that's your mom? My mom be standing at the door. She come at the door. She saw what she had to see. We turn around. I would lock eyes. But her and my father had three very, very active children. And I can honestly say that I cannot remember not seeing my mother and father it's it's something crazy. I, I don't care if it was they got there they got there that's because they had to split their time they might have been a shades game earlier Renee, yeah. had to Renee from school she had to exactly. go to practice but we they did it so I so she's the reason why I run 24 7 my kids run 24 7 because that's just how we do that's how I we love do. it. Couldn't agree. Like if y'all like Olivia Pope clothing and stuff, like Snook was dressed. Oh okay. Goodness. Like pre-Olivia Pope time, my Snooker <laughs> Booker was dressed. All right. All right. All right. All right. We are going to the grand finale, which is called Remote Roses. And this is where we just toss a few, toss a few, one for me, one for you. Toss a few roses out there to people that are just killing it. You know, like I like to just highlight people killing it and there's a lot of people killing it. So do y'all have y'all's boards ready? Are you ready to guess remote roses? Has Paul had his board? Paul, like, he ever? had your board this week. <laughs> Paul, where's the board? I, like, he, it's like, Paul, <laughs> oh, like, half the time yeah, it's like, Paul, will, are you participating? I think that's why Snook and Paul get along so well like Paul's that student that needs extra attention like Paul are you paying attention he'll be like text he'll be like building his own website in class or something it's like uh, uh, Paul, well, all no. I used to do in class was just draw draw like you can draw no <laughs> oh my god he was, doodling. he was a doodler no a but doodler. in college and I was in microeconomics class the guy was like oh 
that means you're creative. And I was like, yeah, even though I don't know how to draw good, but you're very creative. You are very creative. That's true. Are you drawing dollar signs? Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She should have been drawing dollar signs. Ever (laughs) since I can remember, I've been popping my collar. Okay, (laughs) Paulie. All right. So remote roses this week. All right. Are y'all ready? Ready. Hint one. This 5-2 Giants name means Lotus, and the first ever campaign was for, fre- and was for freshman class representative of the Liberal Arts Student Council at Howard University. 5-2, is that what you said? Yeah. Like, he, the person's 5-2. Yeah. <laughs> Hint number two. Oh, Snook said P. Diddy. I like it. Good guess. Hint number two. The, this California senator supported health care reforms, ban on assault weapons, Federal descheduling of cannabis. Remember this episode? Progressive tax reform and the Dream Act. However, I, the United I, States Congress. I have no, no idea. Okay, Snookabooka. I was waiting. Snookabooka was gonna get it today. What? Okay. It is Mamala, and I'm gonna go ahead and say her other things. Yes, yeah. my Snookabooka. Hit number three. This trailblazer was first sworn in as a Democratic senator for California in 2017 and became the only, only the second African-American woman to serve in the Senate, as well as the first ever person of South Asian descent to serve. Y'all know Mamala. Hit number four. She was also the first woman elected as the district attorney of San Francisco and the first woman, the first African-American and the first person of South African descent. You guys are getting, seeing the theme, right? This person repeated that barrier breaking ways and will now enter the White House as vice president of the United States of America. The inauguration is popping. Okay, it's popping. What's popping? It's Renee Nam on the trap about to lock in, okay? So if y'all didn't know, hey, let me give you a little fun facts for the people that like to read because I know Obama does his list every week. The answer is Kamala Harris, Mamala P- Harris, vice president in charge, um, madam vice president, whatever you call her, talk to her nice, okay? Here's a little bonus hint for you guys. Some of Mamala's favorite books are the Kite Runner. Have any of y'all, y'all read that? I'm about to. So I'm going to the Kite it. Runner. Yeah, because people like this. You know, Oprah makes a whole book club out of books that people yeah. like to read. So I just thought I would throw in these fun facts that her, some of her favorite books are The Kite Runner, The Joy Luck Club, The Native okay. Son, The Lion, The Witch in the Wardrobe. Okay, you better. That's uh, like school days. And The Song Narnia? of Solomon. <laughs> is that Narnia? Is, is that, that Narnia? Chron- the Chronicle. I think it is. Does Mamala Harris like Narnia? <laughs> I've read those. I've read The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. I think we all did, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was like a, a that was like required reading. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Is that yeah. Narnia? Okay, so you see, you see why she's our VP, right? I mean, who would have thought? That's why, like I said again, you never judge a book by its cover. I like her cover and I like inside of the book because she's all that and more. Okay, so I stand here happy about what's going on i'm happy about the healing i'm happy about everything like what like i don't know what to say other than like we're excited for for new beginnings and i'm excited oh yeah i'm excited too that's what i was meaning to do i have all kinds of mail that i need to check here but i'll do that later okay look what we things are happening all right i want you guys to know 
I'm a real owner. Like, it's not like, it's kind of like, sometimes when I wake up, I'm like, oh my gosh, what do we do? But I'm a real <laughs> owner. Like, it's going to be stuff now this season. People are, the players are entering their bubble. Shouts to FCF for bubbling up because we see what happens when you don't bubble up. There's a lot of problems going on. Shouts to FCF. We are bubbling up, but they sent me some goodies, all kinds of props that I'm going to make some ridiculous videos to. Oh, you just, you wait. It's going to be fun. Um, I don't know. What else y'all got? Am I missing anything? Uh, crew, my two lit crew, anything y'all got? You own a team, Renee. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Like um, 2020 <laughs> was 2020 was a wild year and 2021. Well, 21's my basketball number. So we got to do it big for 2021. I'm excited. You know, Say you it, know Renee. my favorite numbers are one, two, three. Yep. I know that. Her favorite numbers are one, two, three. That's her birthday. One, two, three. Um, go ahead. Say it, Renee. Say it for Paul. This year is going to be my year. New year, new me, okay? I can tell you right now, look at this. I'm acting brand new right now. It's like, look, she went and bought herself a little team and now she want to tell us all about it. I get out of me, new year, new me, okay? Like that's, yeah, I know. And we're making a joke because as we know, VP does not like that new year, new me stuff. But listen new year we got a team so all of us are team beasts we got hype beasts mama beasts we got dancing beasts we got all kinds of beasts we got the baby beasts that are going to come through oh yeah i need vance as part of this team baby beast i got to get him a jersey there's going to be jerseys it's lit okay we're playing real football yes okay i'm just okay is there anything else i just new year new me oh <laughs> <laughs> all right we you guys fall. Listen, all right, you guys, I'll see y'all back again next week where we connect while being remote. This is Matt Rogers. And this is Bowen Yang. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or staying together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community community. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.